0: morning. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, team. Appreciate you guys. You are a blessing. Good morning, everybody. Hope you are enjoying at least the fall feel. Technically, it's not fall on the calendar, but it definitely has that feel, doesn't it, in the Black Hills. I am Dave Westegard. It is an absolute joy to be with you guys this morning. We are continuing this morning our steady walk through the amazing book of Romans, all right? The section that we're in right now, I, I, I call it God's plan for us as believers, as the church, as his church, all right? We're going to continue on through chapter 15 today, uh, and then uh, in a couple of weeks, we will be wrapping up this study of the book of Romans. This past week, on Tuesday, we remembered the events of September 11th, 2001. All right. And the lives that were lost that day and after fighting terrorism, thousands of lives have been lost since that date. Could we take just a brief moment this morning, just a moment of silence, just to think about those lives lost and the families also impacted by that day? Just take a brief moment. As I thought about that day, I remembered our God is still in control. He has never lost control. Since that day, however, the world we live in has not been the same. Kind of sense uh, in many respects, we live today in a world that has a fair share of contention. It seems like everywhere we turn, people are on edge we driving on the roads if we're talking with someone uh, in our community it seems that like people are on edge there's contention today in governments there's contention today in healthcare. there's contention today in the area of human rights to name a few when you're catching up on the news whether it's be looking at your news app on your phone watching it on TV reading a newspaper we catch the negative tone don't we we catch the negative tone in the news. And I think that negative tone is a bit of an illustration of what's going on in the world around us. But it does seem that negative news makes headlines. Negative news seems to be what's on the front of the newspaper every morning, negative news. Many people I've talked to have just kind of turned off the news, they don't watch it anymore because it brings them down. But my question today, I'm just gonna cut to the chase here, The question today I have for you is how can we, as believers, how can we as new creations live a life that has less disagreement, that has less division, that has more unity? How can we as believers live a life different from the world around us, a life that is attractive to others that we come into contact with? How can we do that? Last week, Ben walked us through the book of, uh, of Romans chapter 14. And in that book, he encouraged us. He encouraged us to care more about our brother and sister than our own freedoms. He encouraged us to take our eyes off of ourselves. Today, we're gonna be walking through the first portion of chapter 15, and, and there is a consistency, a real consistency between chapter 14 and this portion of chapter 15 where Paul fleshes out in dramatic terms what it looks like to live a life different from the world around us, a life of love towards those that we come into contact with. So let's read through. The first 13 verses of chapter 15. Paul begins, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again, it says rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, through your life it becomes alive to us. May we today, Father God, have hearts that desire you. May we today have hearts That desire, Father God, uh, for you to be sovereign, for you to be Lord in our life. Continue your work in us, Father God. We love you. We thank you for your awesome love for us. Amen. Verse 1, Paul tells us, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good for their good to build them up this term strong which Paul lumped himself in that group this term strong can be interpreted as mature those who are mature should bear with the failings of the weak those believers the strong believers are those who recognize that their salvation is guaranteed by what Jesus did on the cross. It's those believers that also recognize that their soul, their very soul, is completely secure. They are living with a full recognition of God's abundant and his sustaining grace. Those are the strong. And Paul encourages those that are strong to bear with to bear with the weaker brother or sister. And this term, bear with, holds with it a showing of genuine love, of unconditional love, of practical consideration for other believers. We show this consideration. We show this practical love by respecting the opinions by respecting the practices of our weaker brother related to and, and Ben talked about this last week related to what's called disputable matters which are not per se matters that have been addressed in God's Word he talked last week about food all right he talked last week about days or holidays in those areas what we are to do is live with an attitude of respect and honor for maybe a weaker brother's beliefs as it relates to food, as it relates to holidays. Where the Bible doesn't give us clear direction. We are to do what is wise. We are to walk in love and pursue those things that make for peace and the building up of our brother or sister. Maybe it's other areas besides food or days and holidays. Maybe it's a question of dancing. Maybe it's a question of whether or not, as a Christian, should I have a tattoo? I don't. I don't. But that question does come up. Maybe it's a question of of drinking a beer. I'm not talking drunkenness. I'm talking a beer. Where the Bible doesn't give clear direction Paul tells us here, we are to live in an understanding way. We are to bear with the weaker brother. I mentioned dancing. What is the wise thing to do? If I have a brother, I have a friend who struggles with dancing. He feels it's wrong. Is it right then for me to invite him to a place that that, that, that uh, plays live country music and dance? Is that the wise thing for me to do? It's not. And thank God it's not because I'm a terrible dancer. Just ask my wife. If she were here and, and you catch her at the right moment, she would probably even give you an illustration of what my dance move looks like. And you catch that move, not plural, it's a singular. There's one move and it's not good. She calls it the farmhouse stomp. She has an amazing gift of encouragement. So rarely do I dance in front of my weaker brother or my wife. The vision here is of what I'm doing causes my brother to be distressed. I'm not doing it. I'm no longer acting in love towards that brother. I'm no longer bearing with my brother in that regard. Verse two tells us our purpose, our vision is to build up our weaker brother or sister, to do what is in their best interests, And at times, to do what is in their best interest, I give up some of my freedoms. And that's okay, that's okay. Because verse verse 3 says, For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Jesus is the ultimate example of one who did not live a life to please himself. Throughout Jesus' earthly life, throughout his time on this earth, time and again, His heart was focused on serving others. He put others' interests before his own. He sought their best all the time. And and, and keep in mind here, when, when Paul uses Jesus as the example, just as Christ did not please himself, when he uses Jesus as the example, he's not saying here, just try hard to be like Jesus. He's not setting out the example and saying, all right, work your best to try to figure out how to be like Jesus. What he is saying here, because Scripture interprets Scripture, what he's saying here is recognizing that life of Christ inside of us as a new believer, as a new creation we have the living presence of Jesus, of God's amazing spirit inside of us. And it is this presence, and it is this empowerment of Christ's life inside of us that we can live out this same selfless life that Jesus lived out on this earth. That's what Paul's saying here amazing about God's word As God lays out his heart throughout his word what he desires for our life what is best for us he lays it out and what's more he empowers us to do just that through his presence verse 4 says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. It was written, why? It was written to teach us so that through the endurance it teaches and the encouragement that is provided by God's Word, through the endurance and encouragement, we might have hope. God's word is so much more than black ink on white paper. God's word is, is, is what brings us back to hope. We need hope in this world. We need hope with what's going on in the world around us in a macro sense, and in my life, we need hope. And God's word provides that, and his life brings us back to hope. But I believe to get to this hope, to get to this hope, we must spend time in God's word. We must allow his word to sink deep into our hearts. And the Holy Spirit is doing that in our life. I encourage you, there is great value of finding your time, consistent time in God's word. We find endurance, we find encouragement in his word. And verse five tells us what is that ultimate source of encouragement endurance. Paul says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement, give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul here in the form of a prayer. Do you catch that? He's praying for us. He's praying for us that we may recognize God as that God of endurance and encouragement. And may he then give us a heart, an attitude of mind that Jesus had towards us. What he's asking for, what I believe Paul is asking for here is that believers be given a heart of unity. Tom sang that old song. I'm not sure if you call it a hymn. I remember it from from Sunday school. Maybe many of you do too, all right? What he's talking about in that song is a heart of unity. And Paul prays here, may the God who gives, and he goes on to say, the same attitude. So Paul recognizes here that unity is truly done only through God's gift. We may and we should desire unity within the body of believers. But recognize there is no earthly method done in our own strength with our own means and mechanisms that will create unity. Unity comes from our Heavenly Father. Unity comes from God's gifting. And what's amazing here, as God creates it, as God gives it to us, as he perfects it, as we interact with others, as we lay it out moment by moment, it says here that God is glorified by that, by what he's doing in our life. As we live in a life of obedience to his leading and his guiding, we bring glory to God with our unity. We talk about unity, but what is it? What is unity? I believe unity is common-mindedness, living in a life of commonality, of mindset with another. There's an element in that of compromise. There's an element in unity of acceptance. There's an element in unity of sacrifice, all contribute to that unity. And at its core, though, I believe it is recognizing that each and every one of us who have placed their faith in what Jesus did on the cross, every one of us is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us is loved by the same God. Each and every one of us worships that same living God and with that mindset with that understanding and recognizing that it is a gift from God I pray that we live in unity but too many times in our world within the walls of the church and outside there is something that interferes with that unity there is there are there are many things but one primary thing and that I believe is selfishness selfishness is a mindset that you know I want my way and in all reality I don't give a rip what you want and in all reality I'm not too concerned about you that's what selfishness does and selfishness Tears apart unity. And selfishness tears apart the body. The focus on self. What I want as opposed to what is in your best interest. Some of the things that come from selfishness. The ways that selfishness manifests itself out. It's gossip. Talking about another. All right. Slander backstabbing, are three things that really come from selfishness. As a family, which we are, we are a family that's called Rimrock Church, okay? We are members of the larger body of Christ, all right? God's vision for us is that we live in unity, and he's gifting us that unity in amazing ways. But still, there's times where our flesh raises its ugly head, leading to selfishness, which does nothing but tear down the body of Christ. As a member of a family, we recognize we don't always agree. As a member of, of, of my physical family on this earth, the five of us don't always agree. I'm sure you can relate to that within your family, within the the spiritual body. We may not always agree, but I believe as a member of the body of Christ, we give up our rights to tear down others inside the body and outside And and, and Rimrockers, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being a body that builds up. My family and I have been members of Rimrock for over 17 years. And in the time that we've been here, this is a body that lives out unity, that lives out setting aside self for what's in the best interest of others. Time and time again, I've seen that, I've experienced that. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you that we live a life here that builds others up and doesn't tear down. But that comes from a recognition of who our source of life is. That is our Heavenly Father. We are able to love. We are able to live in union with others because God first loved us and equips us every moment to live in an understanding way. Those that are easy to love and candidly, those that maybe aren't always so easy to love. God equips us to live out that love in a dramatic way. And instead of focusing on self, and what I want, which generally leads to giving others a feeling of rejection, of judgment. Paul encourages here in verse 7 to accept one another. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God again. Relationships, which we were all designed to desire. Relationships flourish with acceptance you accept others just as they are with a recognition that God's not done with them yet God is not done with any of us yet he is continuing his work in each and every one of our lives is any of us perfect today in our actions Probably not, all right? God's not done with us yet. So are we able to accept one another recognizing that Christ accepts us? I hope we are, because that is the power inside of us. Paul lays out Jesus as our example, just as Christ accepted you. Charles Spurgeon, who's a pastor in the 19th century in England, On this phrase just as christ accepted you he says christ did not receive us because we were perfect because he could see no fault in us or because he hoped to gain somewhat at our hands he welcomed us to his heart so in the same way and with the same purpose let us accept one another and paul tells us here why Why we should accept one another? Because it brings praise to God. Don't we desire to bring praise to our Heavenly Father? I hope we do. And Paul wraps up this section with another prayer. This is Paul's second prayer in this section. Verse 13. He says, May the God of hope First he called God the God of endurance and encouragement. Now he calls God the God of hope, which I think is awesome. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He acknowledges God as the God of hope. He asks that God fill us with joy, with peace, as we place our trust in him. And as we are filled, just like a cup being filled with water, as we get to that point of being filled up with with peace and with joy, Paul prays that through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we overflow with hope, filled with peace, filled with joy, overflowing with hope. That sounds sounds kind of exciting to me. How about you? Hope is what we need. We need Jesus who provides that hope. Tom, if you want to come back up. A life filled with joy. A life filled with peace, a life overflowing with hope, bears with others. A life filled with joy and peace, a life overflowing with hope, puts others' interests before our own. It desires unity with other believers, it accepts others. All done. All of this is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. All done through the power that lives inside of us. If after this message, if there's something in here that that you want to talk a little bit more about, if you have some questions on it, if you personally need prayer, if you want to talk a little bit about what this life-empowered by the Holy Spirit looks like? There'd be a few of us down here in front. We'd love to visit with you, all right? If you're just walking through some deep waters right now, you want someone to pray with you, we'd be delighted to pray with you. If you're living uh, life on the mountaintop right now, you want to share that.